We're in a matrix. We're in a matrix. We're in a matrix. Yeah. Let's do this. You make its minds one of the most controversial conspiratorial shows on the web. The Matrix Minds. That's right. Buckle up, everybody. Let's go. Paranormal, huh? Conspiracy, huh? UFOlogy. Hidden Egyptology. Anything and Welcome to the Matrix, John. Appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having me here, guys. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, you're in the Matrix and talking about the Matrix. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, y'all need to buckle up because I've been down that Matrix hole and I'm here to tell you. Every time I thought I was getting close to the bottom, oh no, that was just a new level that I was getting close to crossing. The world that you are imagining around you is just that. It has been a creation of men and women with an agenda behind. No now, those of you I'm very sure are very astute as to what's <laughs> going on with regards to what uh, all these fine folks have been telling you for all the time that you've been listening to their show. We're going to talk a little bit about law. We're going to talk a little bit about history today, and we're going to talk a little about philosophy. All three are necessary because, honestly, here's what you need to know about law. Law is philosophy. Philosophy is opinion. And while everybody may have a different perspective, what I like to tell people the definition of law is, is three little words, eight little letters. Do no harm. That, ladies and gentlemen, is law. Now, they tell us that law is thousands and thousands of documents with billions and billions of words, and we're supposed to follow them and know them and do what we're told by our corporate masters. And I'm here to tell you, we've got to break that mindset because it is a mindset and it's a control grid that has been put in place from the very beginning of time. You have been indoctrinated to believe a certain way. You have been conditioned to accept their world as they have built it for you to see it. Now, I'm here to tell you, it is not acceptable to sit there and put up with it. It's in a nutshell, we've got to break free from this mental slavery because the truth is we have enslaved ourselves. When we use the word government, that comes from two Latin words, gouverneur and mente. Gouverneur, we get the word govern and governor and government. That means control. Mente, it means mind. So when you're using the words mind control, it actually means government in their world because it all ties together. You know, you may have heard that all roads do lead to Rome. You may have heard that uh, some interesting things are taking place in the world and you can't figure them out. Well, I'm going to take you down that proverbial rabbit hole tonight. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to set aside your biases, your political party affiliations, everything that you think you know. Because I don't care. I want you to instead look at a different thing. I want you to ask yourself a simple question. I want you to ask yourself, is what John talking about, can I verify these facts? Can they be proven? Is it logical to look at these facts and say, 
Yeah, that's correct. See, I don't want you to believe me because I got a good case or because I'm sitting here and I know how to articulate an argument. No, folks. I want you to take a step back, forget everything that you think you know, and ask yourself the logical question. What does John have to gain from doing this? What does he have to lose for doing this? And more importantly, how relevant is what John talking about in my life? So the first thing we're going to talk about is a little situation that happened a long, long time ago in a place called London. In 1666, there was a little fire which seemed to coincide very nicely with the Vatican's not wanting the uh, <clears throat> king to have a good day. And an awful lot of properties were destroyed. And what ended up happening is they ended up putting everything into what is called a cest queue by trust. Now, this was, of course, 1666. And if you folks are familiar, the number 666, the number of man. Again, I don't think there's coincidences there, but that's a story for another day. This thing called a sesquivide means proof of life. So in order to come back and get to the facts of what is going on, we have to see the origins of it. Well, we had a little situation happening over in this part of the pond as well. We had these things called colonies that got created. Now, folks, if you do not realize what a colony is, it is an extension of the mother country. Well, what was the mother country? Well, some of it was French, but most of it came from English speaking, right? And the king was granting charters. <clears throat> what is a charter? A charter is a corporate charter. It is permission of the king to do business in his name, and you share the revenues with the king. Now, that's very relevant because as we go through this storyline and put the pieces of the puzzle together, you now start to see things come into being. Now, when we talk about something called money, money one eye. The problem with this thing called money in modern society is it is a negotiable debt instrument. The Federal Reserve note, it's worthless. And if, folks, if you haven't been paying to the attention to the amount of inflation that's going on around you, I promise you it's only going to get worse. But I want you to look something. When you're listening to me today, I want you to take the time to write down little notes because I'll tell you what's important so that you can read it and verify my, what I'm talking about later. Take it into heart because the world around you is built with this simple philosophy of lying to you from birth to death and enslaving you in the process. Who makes the best slaves? Those that don't know they're enslaved. So look up what a Federal Reserve note is in the future. 12 United States Code 411. 12 United States Code 411. A negotiable debt instrument and a liability to the United States Corporation. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Going back to the subject of money, money is anything that somebody is willing to exchange for goods or for services. That's all it is. And when we're thinking about money, we're all sitting here saying, okay, well, it's something neat. We like having it because it allows us to go out and buy goods and services, things we want, things we need, and of course, take care of it and go through our living expenses of a daily basis. But our world around us has been built on a house of cards and the way I like to put it is this when you're dealing with the system the system lords the bankers and the criminal cabal what they're doing is they're controlling people and controlling resources through a tool called money but originally it wasn't as easy because everybody 
knew what real money was. Like I said a minute ago, hard money, commodities, gold and silver have been money for millennia. Silver has actually been money for longer than gold. And on that little side note, right now in the Earth's crust, there is eight ounces of silver for every one ounce of gold. Well, that's fine and dandy. And you say, John, what relevance is that? I'd simply like to point out the fact that gold is currently trading at about $1,950 and silver is about $25. Something's not right. And again, and again, that's a fiat paper price. That's not an actual real value. Um, I just remind everybody that back in the day of Roman era, a silver dime equivalent hired a um, soldier a professional soldier who was willing to risk his life for the Roman Empire. So just think about a silver dime and somebody willing to exchange their life to get one of those every single day. And with that, they had to feed themselves, house themselves, and think about outside the box, okay? And the only reason I bring that up is because we are going through a system reset, one unlike any other time in history, because it's not happening in individual countries. It is happening globally. They are moving us into a brand new system based on central bank digital currencies where it's going to be direct transfers and that's a perfection of the slave system that they've been building around us our entire life. In fact, they've been building us it for centuries. So, going back to our history channel. After this little situation there where everything was put into trust and we came on over here, our forefathers did, and established some colonies, well, the colonies wanted to start producing their own currency. Now, I shouldn't use the word currency. I should actually use the word money because that's what it would have been, gold and silver. Because there was plenty of gold here. There was plenty of silver here, as you folks need to be aware of. You know, they didn't call it the uh, gold rush of 1849 for nothing. And, of course, silver, it was the riches of the new world. It got so bad. There was so much silver going back to uh, Spain that the inflation was running rampant. Well, what happens? Too much money chasing too few goods. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's happening again. Um, it's very beneficial for the people to get first crack at the money. But in the bigger picture, in the bigger scheme of things, yeah, it's not good for those at the bottom of the rung. Because by the time the money finally gets down to them, it's all bought up. Now, I've told you folks have already been introduced to BlackRock, and I've been told that you folks have been introduced to the computer that they run and all the things that they're doing. Now... Folks, that computer program is designed to control everything in about a few years. They're well on the way. BlackRock controls the United States Treasury. BlackRock controls trillions of dollars on a daily basis. The big system reset, as you've heard, if you've been paying attention to the World Economic Forum, is simply this. You will own nothing. You will be happy. And you'll be spied upon. Well, guess what, folks? That's their agenda. The only way to get through this mess that we're experiencing right now to survive it is, first of all, figure out what's going on. And second of all, stop consenting to the tyranny. Again, one of my talking points on a regular basis. So what do we have happen? We have this little battle called the revolution. And in that revolution, we Americans were told, oh, we were victorious. Well, I would beg to differ. See, what's interesting is if you actually want to read documents instead of just the propaganda you got taught in school, not that they even teach you anything in school, that's beside the point, 
They told us we won. But I ask you some simple questions. And again, I want you folks to use your critical thinking skills. I want you to put on your thinking hats. I don't just want you to say, oh, what are you talking about, John? No, I want you to actually think about what I'm saying. Go read the document for yourself, the 1783 P3. Now, it says several things which are very curious. The very first thing that you should pay attention to is who's writing the document. Who is writing the document? Now, we are told that the king lost that war, right? That's what they said. Well, here's the secret. It's the king writing the document. Now, have you ever heard the loser writing the terms of the peace treaty? I never have. Sure, don't believe it for a minute, especially as you start actually reading the 1783 document and see what it actually says. Now, does it give the colony some autonomy? <laughs> yes, it does. But the flip side of that autonomy meant that they had no expenses, yet they could still pillage. And again, that's in the document. Some of the other things that you may want to pay attention to, because we're going to talk about it in a minute or two. It says some very specific things. It says he is also the Vatican's banker and the king of France. Now, who were our allies during the Revolutionary War? Just asking. I'd like to think that you folks know it was the French, right? <laughs> well, how is it that the king is now the mortal enemy that we just got to fighting is now in charge of our ally also? Does that sound like the French won the war either? It sure doesn't to me. And that Vatican banking issue, oh, that's going to come up real quick. And then again, what do we have in 1812? We have yet another little scuffle. Now, I like calling the Revolutionary War America's first civil war because that's what it actually was. In the big picture, you have to realize those proverbial redcoats weren't from England as a general rule. Now, there were some German mercenaries, of course, and there were some troops from England. There's no question about that. But they were mostly the neighbors down the street. This was a full-blown civil war. And there was one side was loyal to the king and the other side was not. And again, go back to that 1783 peace treaty. What does it say? It says everybody that was loyal to the king got to get their property back. Okay. That's critically important. Again, the king is dictating the terms of the peace treaty. Now, another little detail, which I always like to remind people of, is how generous the king is to give us our guns our cannons back and give us our forts back and to take his armies plural and navies plural off the continent oh shocking right if he had armies and navies present yeah we won a few battles so i won't dispute that but the army was devastated folks they had very little motivation. They were very much tired of the war. Everybody was tired of the war. And remember, back then, wars were paid for with bullets. They were not paid for by anything other than that. There was no fiat currency at the time, and wars got expensive. So it was in everybody's interest to shut the whole thing down. But what were the terms of the contract? Read the document. War reparations also. Now, if we'd won the war, we could have told the king to go kiss it, right? <laughs> well, no. Gee, that didn't seem to happen, did it? We agreed to all of those terms. So that brings us to the next step. 
Well, we had a uh, little confederacy thing going on, and uh, what ended up happening is they were going to work on the Articles of Confederation, but instead they created this new thing called a constitution. Now, this constitution did something because each one of the states had its own representative. Remember, the states were originally business enterprises. That never ended, folks. Your legislatures, your House, your Senate, the United States, they're corporations. They always have been. Down to your local dog catcher. You want to verify that? It's easy enough to do. Go to Dun and Bradstreet and type in anything that you want to from the local sheriff's department, the county commission. I don't care. They trade on Wall Street, including you, by the way, just in case you weren't aware. And I'm telling you right now, because of that, the system has always been a corporate enterprise. And you have been corporate property. And we'll talk about how that come into full force here in a few minutes. Now, going back to the point. What is a constitutor? Oh, that's somebody who agrees to pay the debts of another. And what were the debtors? Oh, that would be the 13 colonies that declared war on England. Mm -hmm. And they had war reparations to pay. So guess what? They had to pay them or else the terms of the contract weren't being met. And I'd like to remind everybody, folks, your entire life is surrounded by contracts. Every interaction you do, even with yourself, is a contract. Well, I'm going to try not to eat uh, junk food today. Well, that's a contract with yourself. I'm going to go out on a date with somebody. Well, that's a contract with somebody else. This is my friend Matt over here. That's a contract. And again, think outside that proverbial box because it's critical knowledge if you recognize that every interaction you have is a contract. It's all based on relationships, including a relationship with your corporate owners. So, we had another war, the War of 1812, and the argument was, well, they were confiscating all of the uh, um, sailors and causing all kind of fracases, and, well, yeah, that was a part of it. But, again, if England had lost the war, do you think they would have been more apt to, shall we say, uh, piss off the Americans? Okay. <laughs> This was just round two. That's all it was. So I like to call the War of 1812 the Second American Civil War because that's exactly what it was. The revolution is only about freedom. All wars are banker's war. That's one of the points I want to drive home with all of you tonight. All wars are banker's wars. It's never been any different. I promise you that. Now, so let's talk a couple more years. 1815. We have a little battle called Waterloo. <clears throat> and a little French general there happened to lose that little situation. Now, the Battle of Waterloo was interesting, of course. And uh, in a nutshell, what you end up getting is Napoleon comes to the battle and loses. And the word gets back. Now, it takes a while to get across the English Channel. Now, Rothschild... You folks should be familiar with that name, Red Shield. Rothschild had access to the fact that the English had won the battle, which meant they won the war, which meant the war, which again was between the Vatican and the quote-unquote Christian elements there in England. 
with that knowledge, here's what happened. So he walks into the trading floor there in London and starts selling everything he's got. Taking anything anybody offers. Bonds are crashing to the floor. Stocks are crashing to the floor. Why? Oh my goodness. He knows that we've lost the war. Everybody's running for the exits. Everybody. Now, as he was busy selling everything he had, he just had that disheveled look like, oh my goodness, the world is coming down. And theater, folks, politics is all theater too. I'd just like to remind you, it's all theater. And then he had his agents go out there and do something. And what was that? Buy it all back for pennies on the dollar. Now, do you remember what I said a few minutes ago about the 1783 peace treaty? We had a certain King George that happened to say he was the Vatican's banker. Well, King George had a certain bank. Well, guess who was the owner of that bank at the end of the day after that little war, Battle of Waterloo? That would be Rothschild, who became the Vatican's bankers. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you know your history, you can tie the pieces together. And trust me when I say this, History is anything but boring, and if you know it, you can see the future through the past. Because I promise you, there is no accidents in politics, and there is no accidents or coincidences in the world that you're living in. It is all by design down to the smartest little detail. The world that you're living in is fiction. You've got to wake up to the facts, because it's the only thing that's going to save you from the world that they've got planned for you. I'm telling you right now, your world is anything but fun. Time to wake up. So, what happens in 1822? Well, it seems that the American colonies, because they still had some of that autonomy we were talking about. Now, why did that happen? Well, you see, you had the Bank of the United States. They ended up uh, losing its charter. Certain gentlemen from Tennessee decided that uh, the bankers were scumbags, which of course they were, all bankers are, and basically told them in no uncertain terms, you people are a den of vipers and I will rot you out. And he did. So, what happened over in Europe? The Vatican got together with the kings and says, we got a real problem right now. That little control grid that we got over there, we're starting to lose it. And that country's starting to get kind of rich. And we can't compete. Our wealth, all old school wealth, will not be able to compete with this thing called freedom that creates true wealth. You're a lot more motivated when you get to keep everything you earn, aren't you folks? Why do you think they're trying to condition you now for a UBI? Okay, universal basic income. Why? Because they want you in the slave think. You've got to think outside that box. So in 1822, they made this deal that says, we're going to go after them. And they did. And that laid the groundwork for what I call the Third Civil War or the War of Northern Aggression. And again, if you do not know your history, you're sitting there thinking to yourself that it was fought over slavery. Wrong. What have I been telling you for the last 30 minutes? All wars are bankers' war. This one was no exception. You see, the United States was bankrupt fact. And the bigger problem with that bankruptcy is the money was all in the South. And the South was, of course, tied in with England. 
Now, there was a lot going on, and Lincoln wasn't very popular. And by the way, we're going to talk about the old school Constitution. The original 13th Amendment was called the Title of Nobilities Act. Now, that Title of Nobilities Act said that Lincoln could not be president. But what happened? He got elected anyway. Why couldn't he be president? Because he was a bar attorney, British Accreditation Regency, hint, hint. Folks, I'm telling you, your history gives you the facts. Research it for yourself. Don't just believe the guy talking to you. So, he gets elected. The southern states succeed because they were tired of paying the Norse bills. Because, again, based on the Constitution, all taxes were supposed to be equally apportioned amongst the states. That's a simple truth. Fairness, right? Well, it wasn't fair to expect the South to pay all the bills and take all the South's money because they were doing too much importing of foreign goods. (laughs) While the North enjoyed all that tax money and was not meeting the terms of the contract constitution. Now, here's another little detour. Who was the first state that threatened to leave the Union? Do you know? Do you even know when? I want you to do a little research, folks, but I'm telling you it wasn't a Southern one. See, in the War of 1812, one of those Yankee ones threatened to leave the Union because they didn't want to go to war with England. Again, you never hear that. And you have to realize if you're party to a constitution and the terms of the constitution are not being met, you have the right to leave that contract. You do. See, it's called the War of Northern Aggression down here in Tennessee and other parts of the world for a reason, because that's what it is. And again, well, the South fired the first shots at Fort Sumter. I am so sick of that. (laughs) God, I am sick of it. So let's talk about Fort Sumter for a minute. Damn Yankees. (laughs) Yeah. Matt, do you know the difference between a Yankee and a damn Yankee? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm one of those damn Yankees. I stayed. You stayed down there? That's the joke. The damn Yankee (laughs) stayed. Anyway, the whole thing was this, though. Again, going back to that. What happened was Lincoln raised an army because he was not going to let his cash cow get away that easy. So again, all wars are bankers' wars. And he financed through a fiat currency, not gold or silver. And long story short, what happened? Well, magically, this armada started arriving at Fort Sumter. Now, what took place was when the Confederacy created, you know, this particular fort got snuck in, I think it was Christmas night or something like that, by a couple of Union troops who refused to leave. Now, they were told, please, you know, go away. We'll pay for your ticket home, and it's all good and well. No, we're not leaving. And this Navy, with its armada of soldiers and stuff like that, was coming there to reinforce it. Well, keep in mind that that little bay was critical for the importation of goods and services into the South. It was critical. And you couldn't leave the most important building in that area to cause problems. So what did they do? They refused to allow those ships to resupply and open fire on Fort Sumter. So yes, in technically speaking, it was the South that fired the first shot. 
but the South didn't fire that shot until there was a ship full of troops outside of Fort Sumter ready to reinforce it. Learn your history, folks, because it's not what they're telling you it is. So with the bankruptcy, we also had something else happen. A brand new corporation was created with a bar attorney as its CEO. And this bar attorney did not survive much after the war. Ended up with a bullet while watching a uh, play. Now, people don't, again, know their history. They know Lincoln got shot. Well, that's good, fine and well. But how do you know about what else went on that day? Do you know that there were three more assassins that were out there looking for three other individuals? Do you? Here's your history that they don't teach you. Secretary of State Seward was target number two. And his assassin got to him too. Now he survived the attack. But long story short, it almost succeeded. Third target, General Grant. His assassin couldn't find Grant because Grant had ran out of town. The fourth target was the vice president. Now Johnson, the vice president, um, you will look and discover what happened after the war and after Lincoln got shot. Now Johnson was a southerner, but he was also a constitution guy and was loyal to the Union. And that's critically important. He was a big believer in the Constitution, and I'm here to tell you, as it was written, it was about the best that you could get. It really was. So when I mock it for being the Constitution, it's a matter of principle. It's not a matter of based on the intent was to control people, but it was also the intent was not to give autonomous power. Because again, if you go back to the founding of the country, or the corporation, if you will, what ended up happening, you had what were called the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. The Federalists were the ones that believed in a strong central government. The Anti-Federalists were the ones that believed in a strong state governments. And that battle has been going back and forth since the foundation of this country, folks. It hasn't changed. We're still having that argument today. Only Big Brother government, Big Daddy, is all fed now. And I'd like to just remind you folks of another thing. There's words have meaning. Fed, federal, means by agreement or by contract. That's actually what it means. So when they say something like the Federal Reserve is not federal, they're wrong. It is. It's a contract. And they're meeting the terms or they didn't. But anyway, moving on. So Lincoln got shot. <laughs> And uh, Johnson's guy didn't get to him. He, I guess, got cowed out. Now, Johnson was the first president that they tried to impeach, interesting enough. And uh, you look at the history of what was taking place in 1868. Because believe me, folks, it led the foundation of everything that's wrong since then. All wars are bankers' wars. <clears throat> Impeachment didn't work, but it came pretty close to doing it. There were some uh, Reconstruction Acts that were going on. And again, if you want to read the Reconstruction Acts, let's just say they're quite entertaining. And we don't have time to discuss that. But to make a long story short, they were never completed. And there was nothing more than a creation of a new creature. And this new creature they created was something called a United States Citizen. Okay, 
I like to refer to them as a 14th Amendment corporate debt slave, but for sake of argument, we're just going to sit here and discuss something very quickly. They had no place for the mulattoes. They had no place for the freed slaves. So they had to do something. They called them a property. See, they were no longer the property of the guy with the big house and the big yard and all this stuff growing in the backwoods. No, folks. What they were dealing with now was they were property of the corporation. And again, slavery was already on the way out, even in the South, because very few people in the South actually had slaves. And believe it or not, contrary to popular opinion and everything that Black Lives Matter and all these other enterprises want you to believe, most of the black slaves were treated quite well. Oh, and by the way, another little aside that we don't want to talk about, the first court case dealing with slavery was a white man who had been enslaved by a black man. Now, the white man had met the obligations of his uh, servitude and went to go work for somebody else. And his black slave master sued and got him back. But again, we don't want to talk about black slave owners. No, we sure don't because that goes against the narrative. And remember, folks, it wasn't just blacks that were enslaved. You had a lot of Europeans enslaved. And uh, non-desirables were sent over here as well. Again, anybody that was not very loyal to the king seemed to find a way either to the guillotine or on a ship over here. Either way, it was no longer a problem for the king, right? So, in a long story short, something else happened. You sit there and you read the 13th and 14th Amendment, and I tell you to do it again and again and again until it sinks in. We freed the slaves. You read the 13th and the 14th Amendment again and again and again and again. It didn't free anybody. It created the terms of servitude. See, voluntary servitude is okay. And like I like to remind people of, words have meanings. But more importantly than that, who make the best slaves? Those that don't know they've been enslaved. Well, you see, the first thing that happened after that war was, oh, all of those southern soldiers and everybody else had to swear allegiance to the Union. Ah, shocker. Well, guess what that swearing allegiance to the Union did? That made them subject to the Union. Uh-huh. History, folks. I'm just telling you things you need to know. So next we had what was called the crime of 73. Now, the original constitution had been replaced with the new constitution as a lookalike, but it was conveniently missing the 13th Amendment. And the new 13th Amendment and 14th Amendment were, of course, added. But gold and silver were still money. And they were interchangeable at that 15 to 1 ratio, which coincidentally at the time was about 15 to 1 if gold and silver in the ground. There was about one ounce of gold in the ground for every 15 ounces of silver, which made for a perfect explanation, which is, again, why I would encourage all of you to buy a little silver. But anyway, that's a story for a different day. What happened was the crime of 73. Now, I like to talk about banking as basically where they come in, throw money around, and pull the rug out from under people when their party gets started. <clears throat> and by doing this, they are doing what I refer to as vulture capitalism. They come in and they buy it for pennies on the dollar. And this country was sold out decades ago. It was actually sold out centuries ago. But long story short, the final pickings are being happening right now. 
You're watching them in real time. You're experiencing it firsthand. Realize that the whole world that you're living in is changed. It is never coming back the way you remember it. You're going to have to think outside the proverbial box to survive it. With the crime of 73, what they did is they say you can no longer pay your debts with silver. And, of course, that was not really acceptable because people were paying their debts with silver. Well, now they had to uh, pay their debts with gold. Well, this wasn't very good because the end result of that little detail is, again, the bankers came in because they had the gold and bought it all for pennies on the dollar. And that's why it was called the crime of 73. And there's a certain candidate out there gave this thing called a cross of gold speech. Go listen to it. You can actually listen to the man who wrote the speech because he gave the speech again when they were actually able to use recording equipment in the early 20th century. And I'm telling you, folks, with knowledge, you find out the truth of history. Okay. So next. We hear about this little detail that goes on and uh, this thing called the Federal Reserve that came into being. But we don't know some of the other shenanigans that went behind. Okay. Now, we heard about this little ship called the Titanic, which may or may not have been the Titanic. I'm the opinion it wasn't. Uh, and had all the bankers. And those bankers mysteriously died in that ship. Hmm, shocker. And who were those bankers? They were the ones opposed to the Federal Reserve System. See, they, everybody knew that the bankers were on a very short leash. Very short leash. And they were either going to get their asses handed to them, or they were going to be in control of it. So you had a senator with some bankers get together, and you ended up having the foundation of the Federal Reserve. And if you know your history, you know that uh, Congress was uh, basically going home for the holidays, and they ended up passing it with a very minor group of people. Because it would not have passed with the full House and full Senate, and of course the president signed it off on it. No, hell no. The problem. The world changed then. But again, we assume that Federal Reserve notes, which were now permitted, would end up being useful because in a period where there's a tough money supply, where there isn't enough hard money, then you put out these Federal Reserve notes and pull them back when the money is flowing again, real money. But we don't realize that originally they were not allowed to produce endless quantity of Federal Reserve notes. No, they were not allowed to produce, I think it was only like 20%. In other words, for every dollar, they could only produce 20 cents in Federal Reserve notes. Now, you'll notice that that didn't actually happen because now the bankers were running things. Why? Because it was their plan that they implemented. See, the, the American people, go ahead. Okay. And don't forget, okay, you're leaving out a, a, one specific little part, and that is that they shisted Congress and the people into what you're saying. This was the grand, this was the grand illusion. Continue. Because they coerced them to knowing to doing that. They coerced them into passing that bill. Or that bill the in fact they did did. That bill got turned down, if you remember. And then they rewrote that bill. Okay. And then it passed. But remember what I said earlier also. The bankers knew that legislation was coming. They couldn't change that. That was from the ground up. That wasn't coming from the bankers. That 
legislation was coming from the ground up and the banker says, well, we've got to hijack this. And that's what you're talking about. That is exactly happening because they own, we got to remember they owned the bar association. They were part, that is their, that was their stronghold. Okay. Continue. I just didn't want you to leave that part out. That, 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 (laughs) that proverbial pulling the wool over the people's eyes as well in fucking Congress, because that's what they did. Well, again, you got to realize also, you look at the uh, J.P. Morgan, John Pierport Morgan, the old guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody assumed that he was the wealthiest man in America. And again, go back to the Titanic story and you'll find him there too. You end up discovering something. You'll discover that he didn't own anywhere near as much. Why? Because he was the Rothschild's agent in America. And when his... You know, death happened and they all wanted to see his will and they actually saw how little he actually owned and controlled versus what the Rothschilds owned over there. Again, the Rothschilds had been in charge of everything because for them, they didn't care about the wars. They financed both sides because in either case, it was win-win for them because one side won or the other side won, you know. Mm-hmm. And they financed both sides, so boom, there you go. You knew you were going to get paid, and if you got paid because they won the war, great. If you got paid because you lost the war, um, you got to pillage the country. I mean, it's win-win-win from their perspective, and that's the way it's been. So with that fiat currency, they were able to do new things like create the revenue necessary for war on a much larger scale. We had World War One, and of course, 1913, we also had the creation of the income tax, although that didn't pass, but that's a scan story for another day. And at the same time, we had a different pandemic. Now, they tell us that it was a quote-unquote Spanish flu, but coincidentally, folks, I'm here to tell you, they were injecting and killing people back then, too, and everybody knew it, and they weren't. It's the same game. They bring out the same playbook again and again and again. So this happened as well, the quote-unquote Spanish flu, which was nothing more than people being injected. And the other part was this mandatory wearing of masks. History matters, folks. So then we went into another small recession. Then we had a full-blown depression after the earlier roaring 20s with the collapse of the stock market in 1929. Now, what's critical about this as we move into the modern era is the world is really coming into a change now because everything that people know of as money is also coming into a change. The world is different. With the crash of the economy, again, the bankers cleaning house, buying it for pennies on the dollar, we brought in a new president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a New York banker, Shocker, I know. Oh, and before I forget, also, your bankers out of New York, they helped finance the revolution in Russia, just a little side note. And going back to the uh, Third War of Northern Aggression, it was the Russian Navy that helped the Union defend the ports or prevent uh, ships from entering the ports in the south. Going back to that conversation I had earlier about the uh, agreement between the Vatican and the kings of Europe. So anyway, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, what did he do? He gave us a new deal. Yeah, well, that new deal, believe you me, it had strings. Because, again, if you want to know the truth, and this goes into the contract and it goes into the law, 
you, all you have to do is do a little bit of research. <laughs> if you go to YouTube, you can actually find where he gives his speech, his inauguration speech. But here's the caveat <clears throat> that they don't talk about. If you look up the written conversations of his speech, it's always missing the first sentence. Today is a day of national consecration. Today is a day of national consecration. And it's not shown in the written documents on any of the government websites. Why? Because that would cause people to say, I wonder what he meant by that. Well, good news, folks, is you're talking to a guy who actually knows what it means, and he's going to explain it to you real quick so that you can figure it out, too. Today is a day. That's the start of the contract of national nation. Nation isn't the country, folks. It's the corporation masquerading as government, United States, Inc. Consecration. What does the word consecration? It means you're working for the church. Can we say Vatican banking people? <laughs> Going back to 1783 peace treaty. But anyway, that's beside the point. At that moment in time, everything changed because at that moment in time, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, and all of their property were now surety for the United States corporation's death. Now, they didn't tell the American people that that was the New Deal. Because, again, what if they had? There would be a bunch of hangings there in Washington, D.C. But, of course, you know, we've got to lie to the people because that's what politicians do. Because if the people actually knew what was going on, which I do, we might get a little upset about it. You, you know? just came, became an asset to the corporate. That's right. It's absolutely right. See, there's your slave status opening salvo. Um, now, they used the birth certificate, and we'll talk about that in a minute, as the foundation after 19, after the World War I, which was 1918. But I think they did that in 1922. And one of the things FDR did, his very first act was, again, shut down the banks. And when he shut down the banks, when they reopened, a lot of them weren't there because now the central banks we're gaining complete control. And remember, the Federal Reserve is not American. It is Vatican Banking 101. It is European bankers, ties to the Vatican, ties to the Rothschild. And they, ladies and gentlemen, have been running this planet for longer than we've been around. Longer than our grandparents have been around. In short, the world is a stage. Don't fall for the tricks anymore. So now, he has now hypothecated everything and the world has changed because there is no more money. Remember, he took the gold because the gold was the only thing that could pay off debts now, remember, going back to the crime of 1873. Well, with the crime of 1873 to now, you ended up having gold being put into contracts. Well, what happened when gold was taken by the bankers? You had to turn in your gold and you had to turn in your gold certificates although you really didn't have to, but they people were just as gullible back then as they are now. Oh, my president says we're in a national emergency and I need to turn in my gold, so I'm going to go be a patriotic American. <laughs> Suckers. Uh, so anyway, what happens from there? Well, the banks get reopened 
They have to be tied into the Federal Reserve, all the state banks, all the local banks. Again, people don't know it, but a lot of your local bankers never wanted to be a part of the Federal Reserve. In fact, there was an awful lot of them that were secretly rooting for the good guys, which wasn't their banking buddies, because they saw the evil of what they were trying to pass, and they knew the danger that they possess. See, the banker in your little town didn't always used to be the bad guy. He didn't. There's a Christmas movie out there maybe you folks should watch one day. Dealing with that little issue, a suicidal banker. Think about it. That's what a banker used to be. And the big bank that was trying to take him out, that was the example of the Federal Reserve. Now, your world changed. So what happened in 1938? Because that's the next important part of this picture. They needed some way to pay the law because there was no longer a way to pay debts. So they were looking for a case and they found it. And what happened was somebody was walking next to the railroad tracks and the train came by and there was something hanging off of it and knocked him in the skull and did some damage. What did I say law is? It's law is simple. Do no harm. He was harmed because of a train passing and getting injured because of it. Well, the Erie Railroad decision changed everything because it took out what was called the Common Law Court of Records. The Common Law as we know it today isn't the Common Law originally known to us. Because in the Common Law originally known to the country, harm parties would bring claims against each other. Now, if you look at any of the paperwork that you get from any of your entities pretending to be lawful, you'll find that they don't make claims because a corporation can't make a claim. Only a man or a woman can make a claim, and that's critically important knowledge, folks. Only a man or a woman can make a claim. Now, they'll let you make as many complaints as you want, and you know that's basically a baby sitting there complaining about how they're being abused by their corporate master. So when they changed the law and took that out and replaced it with their corporate policy and their corporate standards, and, you know, when we say the quote-unquote Supreme Court, which is another big joke, don't get me started on that little detail, it's just another corporation to kind of reinforce the fraud of the other ones. You've got to think that way, folks. I don't know how to make it any clearer than that. You have to think in those terms. Well, then we get World War II and, of course, more bloodshed. And again, none of it would have been possible without the advent of this thing called Federal Reserve Notes. After that, of course, you had the Korean War and then, of course, a few more shenanigans. And as the time went on, the world became more and more violent as we were able to create the tools to kill one another, which made it very profitable for the bankers and the military-industrial complex that we were warned about, okay? Because if you don't think for a minute the military-industrial complex isn't in your news today, you haven't been paying any attention to the Ukraine. Folks, again, all wars are bankers' wars. Fact. And the Ukraine war is no different. If you're sitting there and assuming that that war is about Russia invading Ukraine and Putin bad and the moron that's running Ukraine good, you are clueless of what's really going on over there. And make no mistake, I'm definitely no Putin a fan, much less an apologist. 
He's a scumbag. I mean, he is ex-KGB, of course. But if you don't know that the puppet that's running the Ukraine is a puppet of not only the uh, <clears throat> banker that's enjoying the peace and tranquility and uh, not having to deal with all the pain and suffering and death in the Ukraine, and if you don't realize that the current occupant in the White House and his son and the Democratic Party have direct ties to that little situation there in the Ukraine, you are clueless of what's really going on. And by the way, just so I'm very clear here, I'm a political atheist. I don't participate in the fraud anymore. I figured things out and I says I want no part of it. Because, again, what happens when you register something? Remember, we, we came on here to talk about law, but I had to give you some of the background to give you an idea where we're going. Because I'm telling you right now, every part of what we're doing is critical for the putting the pieces together. When they say to you something simple like, do you understand? If a black robe says that or a costume badge and a gun says that to you, they're not asking you the question, do you comprehend no, it's a contract offer. They're asking you, do you stand under me? And when you say, yeah, I understand, <laughs> that became their bitch. Right. Which means they can do whatever they want to you. Now, I'd like to tell you that they're nice to people. And again, if you don't know what's going to happen in a courtroom, I'm going to tell you in a minute. But you are assumed to be a debtor. You are assumed to be a person. And it, going back to the war of northern aggression, they changed the definition of the word person to corporation. It does not mean a man or a woman, ladies and gentlemen. So you hear me get all excited when I hear somebody call themselves, I am a person. I says, uh, you have a person, but you are not a person. You are a man or a woman. You need to start thinking in those terms. Because, again, if you're a person, if you are a thing, you are something that can be owned. You are something that can be controlled. You, ladies and gentlemen, are property as long as you want to be your all capital letters name person. Now, capitus diminutio maxima. Capitus diminutio maxima. That means maximum loss of status in Latin. Now, you say, John, what relevance is that here? Well, ladies and gentlemen, they use word art with you. You think you're looking at some English paperwork when you go out there and get a bill or a statement from your bank or your credit card company or the people that want you to pay the mortgage, a.k.a. death pledge. Or they give you your quote-unquote birth certificate. <clears throat> Folks, that person, there are only five things in all capital letters name can be, and I need you to realize this. There are only five things, and they are as follows. The name of a ship, the name of a corporation, a dead body, a slave, or the title to a cest vi, a.k.a. proof of life trust, and when you walk into one of their maritime admiralty, constructive contracting, and racketeering fraud, kangaroo court, star chambers, you are looked at as being all five of those. You are looked as being all five of those. You are the debtor. And you're sitting there answering to their fraud because what's actually happening is they're creating bonds using your name and your account number. 
Now, what is your account number? You say that's your social security number. What's your date of birth? Again, these are the things that they need to do what? To build their paperwork so that they can make some money. You see, these kangaroo courts are not what they pretend to be. You don't get justice there. We've explained this already. Their system is based on fraud. Now, going back to the change of the world and the change of the city in 1938, what ended up happening is everything went to trust law. And if you go back to the original constitution, there was trust law in there as well. Now, in a trust, there's several things that you need to know. Most important being the characters of the trust. Now, you can hold two of the three positions, but you cannot hold all three. That's because they've broken it up. They are the trustee. That would be the person in the black robe. And notice I said person. Why? Because that's a corporation with a man pretending to be the corporation in the all capital letter name, which again trades on Wall Street, but we won't talk about that now. That's your public trustee, folks. But he doesn't want to be the trustee. That means he's responsible to pay the debts. And what did I tell you earlier? No debts can be paid. You can't pay a debt with a debt. Federal Reserve notes are negotiable debt instruments. Remember, I told you that. 12 United States Code 411. They're a liability United States Corporation. Look it up. They're debt. You don't borrow money, folks. You never have. Now, you think you have. But what they've done is they've monetized your signature, turn around, sell that note out there to the universe. And long story short, that little sign here where the banker puts his X there, when the banker put his little X there, that was the full payment. But when you co-sign next to him, now you became the trustee of the trustee. How do you like those apples, huh? <laughs> and here's the other kicker. When you register something, Regis, King, Tar, Black Oily Substance that Binds, you're transferring ownership to the corporation. You are losing your right to possess it. Now, they may let you keep it until they decide they want to take it back from you because you voluntarily gave it up with your own free will when you registered it. But again, if people actually knew that, maybe they'd start questioning why they register anything, including themselves to vote. I don't know. Something you need to think about. Hey, on, 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 on that note, um, two things, two things. Before we go to break, before we go to break, again, I get, we are at that, at that hour mark. I want you to tell everybody what you told myself and Charlene about the, um, you asked me if I own my home and I'm like, I do. And you're like, but do you remember that? Just like, do you tell them about that? Tell them about that one. Cause I did not know that one. I know, I know that we pay that inevitable debt, you know, quote unquote tax, but I never really knew what was on the deed until you mentioned it to me and this will really really piss off the homeowners who think they're homeowners all right i've got to give you that background remember i told you all these corporations masquerading as government are just that they're corporations masquerading as government and you're one of their slaves for their benefit and the benefit of their employees that's what's happening now they theoretically own the land that your property is on they do the hierarchy enslaving you, okay? Now, what used to happen is the President of the United States 
would sign off that the debt had been paid in full and the land was now held in a lodial title in your name. Okay, in your name. But what ended up happening, remember going back to 1933, today is a day of national consecration. Everything changed after that. The president would no longer sign it. Why? Because he hypothecated all the land and all the properties so that these corporations masquerading as government were now the landowners. And that rent you pay every year in the form of this thing called a property tax, that's permission for you to keep what you think you own, but you're just renting. All right. Now, that's the issue that you need to think about. But you look at the deed. Look at the deed to the home that you think you own. Read the document. And if you learn to read the, read the fraud the way I do, once you learn the language of legalese, and it is a foreign language, folks, and it's not English. It sounds like English. They speak it like English, but they'll if you ask a bar attorney straight up, they'll tell you, yeah, legalese is a foreign language. And it is, because if you do not understand or comprehend what they're saying, you will find yourself in a contract so quick it's not in your interest that we don't even want to talk about. But it calls you a tenant. What is a tenant, ladies and gentlemen? A tenant is a renter. Now, going back to what I said, that you never borrowed money, that's right, you didn't. But what did you also do when you signed that document? You gave the bank ownership over that property. So the bankers can tell you whatever the hell they want to, you to do, and you better be doing it. Okay, on the other side. We're going to take this break. I'm telling you right now, John, you've got everybody's attention. Charlene, she's still hanging tight, so she's still with us. We're going to take a three-minute break. You go grab a cup of coffee. Everybody else take a coffee pee break. Charlene, you're still with us, right? You're still there. Still with me. Somewhere she is. John, again, thank you. We will catch you and everybody else on the other side of this as well. John, amazing, bro. Hear me? Amazing. Hear All right, hang tight, everybody. We will be back. Showtime. That's right, Brainiacs. Yeah, man. I hope you guys are enjoying the talk with Mr. John Crone. Tell you what, law and legal history explained. This man is blowing my mind. I've talked to a lot of people. Charlene talked to a lot of people. And, well, uh, I don't really quite think that this, I've had somebody literally pinpoint dates, times. I mean, I'll bet he could probably almost reference their their facial expressions and shit. John, you absolutely, absolutely nailing everything. And we definitely appreciate having you here on the show, The Matrix Mind. So welcome back. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Now, uh, that was one of the benefits I had. I know history. I studied history as a kid. I mean, it was a personal goal. I studied the military history. I studied politics. I studied financial history. And you have to realize that all parts of this are directly tied in with one another. It's all together. And the biggest problem we have is they compartmentalize our thinking. They don't want us to actually think outside the box. They don't want us to do the clinical thinking skills. Why? Because if we start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, now all of a sudden they've got a problem. Because in the end, it's all based – they can only purport to fraud if it's all perceived to be justifiable, lawful, all that kind of stuff. And clearly it's not lawful. Because remember, folks. 
extortion, racketeering, criminal conspiracy, violation of rights under cover of law. You know, pick your poison. This is what these politicians and their agents do on a daily basis, okay? Mm -hmm. They are busy pillaging you. See, you have been enslaved. You are the surety for the corporation's debts. So you say, well, John, what do I want to do? Do I need to correct my status? Do I need to do this, that, or the other? Folks, it's a mindset. Now, I know that there's people out there that have gone through the motions of, quote, unquote, correcting their status of being on the land and all this other stuff. And I get the why they do it. But I point out one simple little detail, and it's this. First of all, the United States has never honored a single contract they've done, including one in, that they made with the Russians back when the wall came down in 1991, which again leads to this issue in the Ukraine. But we don't want to talk about that, do we? Because that's actual facts. But <laughs> the thing is, yeah. oh god, <laughs> what an asshole moment! If it, <laughs> oh god. I love you, dude. <laughs> yeah, why the fuck I, talk I about that? <laughs> sorry. On, because John, we can I spend another two hours on I'm, that. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I have a question, John. Yes, Is there any states that do not have taxes? Well, I live in Tennessee, <laughs> and there's a reason for that. Even if it is just as criminal as all these other ones, there's still... Some of it's a mindset of the your friends and neighbors that's critical but as far as a state income tax you don't have one in tennessee you don't have a state income tax in florida you don't have one in uh texas and i think there may be one or two other ones out there but listen folks i tell the people this freedom is a mindset it's not a contract with a corporation run by lunatics okay it is a mindset you have to think mm -hmm and live free if you're going to live by your own terms and your own rules i'm not going to tell you it's easy and it's fun it's not it isn't but you can do it now do you want to have strings attached to you because you can have that and actually have a halfway decent life pay that payment every april the 15th you know fill out that paperwork with the state county city pay that property tax all that kind of stuff or you can simply say okay I'm walking out of the system and y'all can kiss my ass. It's that simple. And that's basically what... See, I didn't get to this magical moment through a series of, uh, shall we call it, coincidences. The people that I am at war with, and yes, it's a war because they declared the war first. See, when they enslave you, that's a declaration of war on you. When they try to murder you, that's a declaration of war on you. Now, I don't know how to convince people that there are very bad people in charge of this country and in charge of the states and the counties and the cities <clears throat> that are trying to murder you. I don't know how to make it any clearer than that. That's a war, people. And as a former infantry soldier, soul dire, I'm here to tell you it ain't pretty, it's not nice, and it gets deadly. And if you haven't been looking at some of your friends and neighbors who are now pushing up daisies because of big pharma's bullshit, then you haven't been paying attention. But anyway, I'm getting off track here. So <laughs> all I can tell you is this. If you want to live free, you can live free. 
Now, will you have the best of everything? No. But if you do not realize just how freeing being free is in your mindset, I can't convince you of that either. See, I've had it all. I've done it all. I've experienced it all. I've traveled the world. The world has been very generous to me. And I make no mistake. I appreciate the experiences I've had in life. But I'm also here to tell you, folks, in the grand scheme of things, having your health, being able to just go to bed without worrying about getting waking up the next morning dead, the ability to sit there and uh, have running water, some electricity and that kind of thing. See, those are all very unique things that previous generations didn't have. Now, we can talk about fluoride in the water. We can talk about the chemtrails in the air. We can talk about the injections. We can talk about the poison, the GMO foods, and the 5G. I mean, all of those are methods that they are using to help kill us. Yes. But you want to leave the system? You don't have to participate in the fraud. And here's the thing. Everybody just assumes that this is going to continue forever. It's not. See, this global economic reset that they're doing, what they're trying to do is the divide and conquer strategy they are so notorious for. All right? In a nutshell, it's simple. It's not complicated at all. They want us shooting at each other. We're so busy fighting with each other, we're not paying attention to the real guilty parties. While we're busy saying they're Democrats or they're Republicans or those leftists, those communists, those fascists, you know, all of these are words to get people an emotional response. And I keep reminding people simple truths. It's okay to have an emotional response initially. okay to keep that emotional response and it's damn sure not okay to use that as a basis for action you want to make the correct choices in whatever life choices you choose critical thinking logic reason have a purpose behind your actions what are we getting now they want people to react they gave us event 201 in real time which I exposed as fraud in March of 2020, but that's beside the point. They killed people through an injection. Those are the facts. And it wasn't a surprise to any of us that knew about it. We warned people. I warned people not to go on to this thing on uh, the 6th, January 6th. I said, you want nothing to be there in Washington, the District of Criminals. You want nothing to do with that place that day. But again, people don't see the strings and who the actors are, the FBI, the cocaine importing agency, criminals in action, if you will, and all of these other entities are not there for your benefit. If you don't know the tie-in with the Nazis, and when I mean the Nazis, I mean real ones, and the cocaine importing agency over in the Ukraine and how they've been using the Ukraine to launder money, uh, human trafficking, trafficking of organs, Long story short, oh, and let me add one little detail since I brought up the word human. I hate that word. I hate the word human. Hue of man. Color of man. Monster. Thing. Something that can be owned. Guess what? Every one of you that took that injection, you're not a man or a woman anymore. Your DNA has been changed. And guess what? That means Pfizer or some of these other scumbags, whatever these companies are, They now have their shit 
inside of you, which means they have rights to your property that because that's their product. That's right. People, you do not Thank realize you. how evil and devious these folks are because they have no qualms. They have no thoughts at all about murdering billions for profit because that's what's happening right now. What's taking place is with this global economic reset, they can't pay the bills. They have made promises that they cannot keep. They have made financial commitments that are unable to do. So what they've done for the last 20-some years is they've been stealing everything. See, in 2008, I knew about the 2008 depression. It wasn't a recession. In 2006, I was two years ahead of it, and I was telling people all about it in 2006. And when 2008 showed up front and center, it wasn't a surprise. What was a surprise is just how much the bankers were able to steal. Folks, that's nothing compared to what they're doing now. It's everything. The banks have been buying up everything that's not been nailed down. And going back to what we talked about in the beginning of the show, folks, if you don't realize that BlackRock is controlling your world far more than you could ever comprehend and how you really will own nothing and maybe be happy not so you can't be happy in a world where you have there is no private property rights and again that goes back to the law that we're going to talk about in a minute but private property rights are the basis of a free society if you're not living in a free society then what are you living in you're living in a penal colony folks and again, that was one thing that I did. I did a video on uh, that little thing. I used my hometown here at Clarksville, Tennessee. They had the <clears throat> penal in their document. Oh, don't think I didn't enjoy using that in the courtroom. Oh, I had a field day using that one. And when I asked the uh, costume badge and a gun, do you know what a penal colony is? His defense attorney uh, jumped right in and says, objection, which the court, you know, the black rover immediately agreed with. <laughs> All I did is chuckle because I knew that was coming. You know, folks, remember these, they have not been any. I have a, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. John. Yeah. Can you, can you explain where BlackRock got their money? Computer program, uh, it started out in the bond market and moved on from there. It Basically, when you have the ability to make a trade, <coughs> a split second faster than everybody else and do it billions of times a day, you can see the uptrend or a downtrend on something and all you're doing is just playing in the numbers. Because say you're only making a fraction of a penny on a trade, but you do it amongst a billion um, shares of a stock, then what happens? All of a sudden, you're starting to talk real money. And you'll notice that all of these banks, they don't ever have losing days on Wall Street. Why? Because it's all supercomputers. But where did the money start, though, John? How did BlackRock get their sums of money from who? I just told you. Where bond. did it come from? Bonds. Yeah, but isn't it that... Yeah, but I, isn't I will, it the people's in retirement, like retirement money is all like when they say, oh, we'll, we're going to hold this money until you retire. Meanwhile, BlackRock's making millions off it, and then when they give it back to you, they're giving it back to you so much per month, right? Well, again, you're under the assumption there's something called money, and there's not. 
but let's go back to what's your point, which is um, what we were just let me finish, please. Uh -huh. What we're talking about here uh -huh. is a society that has been sold a bill of goods. And the whole world is based on fiction. They were made promises. If you put money into social insecurity, you're going to have it. If you put money mm -hmm. into your savings mm -hmm. plan, you're going to have it. Buy these stocks, buy these bonds, and you're going to have a retirement. Yeah, all of that shit's gotten stolen. We're not disputing that. Mm -hmm. But you see, it's Thank not you. as simple. Right. It's not as simple as just saying, well, they took and stole their retirement. They did it, but it's not It's not necessarily like it's a holdup as a bank robbery. It's a matter of they take it a little piece at a time. And as they're busy taking it a little mm -hmm. piece at a time or making a contract with these corporations masquerading as government, say, okay, we're going to turn over our public system over to you so you can manage our money for us, which is what BlackRock's formula is. That's how they got access to larger and larger and larger amounts of capital. And once you get after a certain point, you're running the game. This is how they've been able to manipulate and keep the price mm -hmm. of silver down because J.P. Morgan Chase has been controlling the price of silver since I've been around. I've been following the silver market for 40 years. And J.P. Morgan Chase, and I was going to talk about that, you folks have to realize J.P. Morgan bailed out United States Inc. in 1907. You have to realize that. Well, that gave him an in to control U.S. Inc., which is, of course, again, a part of what happened. If you learn these little details and you learn how they're manipulating and controlling, and again, they paid a huge fine of almost a billion dollars. Now, we think that that's a small amount of money. That was a drop in the bucket to J.P. Morgan Chase. Why? Because they've made trillions off of trading in silver fraudulently for the last 30 years. They're getting busted by doing it also. Let's not forget that. They're they're tr or they're, tr they're 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 working on it. What? Remember that they manip they got caught manipulating. Mm -hmm. They got caught manipulating, manipulating. that. I know they did, which is why I brought mm -hmm. it up, but you'll notice also that nobody's going mm -hmm. to jail. No fuck! Oh hell no! Fine, you find me, you find me the municipality that they don't own. Yeah, and again, this is the whole thing. But we're kind of getting off a of track because, well, yes and no. <clears throat> Everything's tied in together. It's all based on controlling people and controlling resources mm -hmm. for one benefit mm -hmm. to at the expense of another. Okay, and when we're going to sit here and talk about law. What did I say at the beginning of the show? Law is simple. Three little words, eight little letters. Do no harm. Anything else is contract. Now, this may come to a surprise to the listeners here. I don't have a problem with slavery. I really don't. The whole caveat is this, though. I think you should be told that you're a slave and you voluntarily contract to be one. Now, there's the problem. If they're not telling that, you, that you've been enslaved and you haven't voluntarily consented to be their bitch, then there's an issue there. Because, that, again, who makes the best slaves? Those that are not, just don't realize that they've been enslaved. I've given you the basis of how they have enslaved you. Capitus diminutio maxima, maximum office of status. How they control you through a name, through a social security number. Because that social security number, that's the number to your part of the trust. Okay? You're supposed to be a quote-unquote beneficiary, but you're also a 
participant in expanding the value of that trust. All corporations are trusts. All corporations are trusts. That's what they are. And when you sit there and you think of yourself, just forget all the outside. You start out, you young little baby, you start growing up, you finally get to be 9 or 10 year old and you get paid a little bit for mom and dad to go clean up your room. At age 12, you decide you're going to go out there and mow a lawn or pick up some leaves or something like that. You get a couple dollars. You're starting to build something. Well, all of a sudden, now you're starting to gain assets over the course of your lifetime. But the problem is their system has allowed them to siphon off our wealth because it's not their money that's the wealth. You are the wealth. You're the surety. You're the energy. I call it your life force. Your life force is what they're stealing from you. When you have to pay 40, 50, or 60% of your income in taxes of all different kinds, there's a problem. When they steal your income through inflation, that, ladies and gentlemen, is theft again, which is, again, why I did this, all that I do with exposing the fraud. 134 crimes of your government masters. Okay, I did a video on it. Go find it over there on Odyssey. 134 crimes of your government owners. The problem is, though, we have been conditioned to never question the world. And any of us that come out here and say to the world and say, listen, we're tired of it. We figured it out. What happens? They come down on us like a ton of bricks. And again, make no mistake. I've been the point of the spear. I've been the point of the spear as long as I can. And by having this knowledge, the only way to protect myself is to expand the knowledge base of people out there. And here's the caveat that I keep reminding everybody of. And this is if you're going to take anything from the show tonight away, I want you to take away this. Do no harm. But more importantly than that, stop consenting to the tyranny. It doesn't require violence. It doesn't require rioting. It doesn't require anything. It just means you turn your back and you walk away. Now, will that be necessarily easy? Oh, no, I've got pensions and I've got interest and I've got bills to pay and I've got kids to feed. Been there, done that, still doing it. Do you want your life back? Are you happy with your slave status the way they're treating you right now? It's a real question that you really do have to ask yourself. I mean, I'm just, I'm an anarchist. I don't care. And by the way, anarchy does not mean chaos. Anarchy means no, no masters, no slaves. See, chaos is what they do to us. Okay? The problem we have is as a society, we are accepting their control over every aspect of our lives. And if you don't realize that the central bank digital currency and the universal basic income are going to come with major strings attached and slave strings that you won't ever cut, you can't get past the system. You're already condemned to it. It's going to move into a social credit score. It's already basically there. You know, I do a show with Marty Oakley over there on Blog Talk Radio and we talk about it all the time. The central bank digital currency, that system is going to be based on, well, have you been a good boy today? 
you've been good, we may give you a little bit extra. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sorry, man. I... No. I hear you, Matthew. Believe me, I do. So here's the question. Your world is what you make of it. I don't care what other people are doing. You want to complain about your world, you have that right. But what are you doing to change your world? Are you preparing for when they pull the plug out? Because realize, this system is collapsed. It's not going to. It has. There's, it's just a finishing mopping up now. They're just picking up the last little pieces of meat off the bones. That's all that's happening now. It's done. And if you don't realize the Ukraine issue right now is affecting America far more than it's affecting the Russians, let me tell you exactly what's happening over there. The Russians just announced that the ruble is going to be the only tool that they're going to accept for their oil. You say, well, why do we give a rat's butt? You better. Because if you don't know about the petrodollar, which I never got around to talking about, how that got implemented during the high inflation of the 70s. And again, I was around back then, so I got this. I was just a boy, but my father experienced it firsthand. So I was warned. And see, one of the things, my father, he was an international traveler, and he went to different countries on a regular basis that were experiencing financial crises, again, all from bankers. And one thing I can tell you this, folks, when an economy collapses, the chaos is bad and the crime is bad. And if you're not aware of it, the FBI no longer reports crime statistics. Look it up. Why? Because the crime is getting out of hand. What's going on? They're hiding everything. The system is finished. You're not going to survive this if you're counting on the system to save you. You better be networking with each other. You better be figuring out how you're going to feed yourself and house yourself and have fresh water without having to depend on government a.k.a. mind control agents, to do it for you. You better think outside the box. Got gold and silver? That's a much bigger tool than you can ever realize because, again, it's borrowable. But you don't even need that. What are some of the other barter tools in a society that's war-torn? Alcohol, seeds, basics like food, Dare I say, even sex is a commodity in the market? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is. Real world story. Look this up. Forbes magazine was talking about it. Um, we had an issue there. Uh, come on. Uh, Greece. Greece was going through its financial crisis. Greeks had uh, European women working as prostitutes, but they were never Greek women. They were always imported from other countries. But after the crash, what happened? All of a sudden, you could hire a Greek woman for a little while for the price of a sandwich. Are you willing to sell your soul, folks? Are you willing to sell your body? Are you willing to sell your life for a few gifts from corporate masters who are trying to kill you? Please, folks. I don't know how to make it any clearer. Law is simple. Do no harm. So now comes the next question. What is law and what are we going to do about it? 
I was talking earlier about making claims versus making complaints. Making a claim is simple. You do it all the time. So you turned in a jacket to the uh, place that they were going to, you know, wash it for you or dry clean or whatever. They handed you a ticket. That's a claims ticket. Well, you come back and you hand them the ticket and a few dollars and they do what? They bring you back your product. That's the way it's supposed to work. You see, the reason the corporations cannot make claims is because they're dead entities. They're not living. They are corporations. They have no life. The only life they have are from their agents pretending to give it that life, the breath of life. And if it wasn't for those agents bringing complaints, the corporation wouldn't do anything because it, what is it? It's just a piece of paper with some words written down. It's stuck somewhere in a drawer somewhere. It's that simple. But when you walk into a quote-unquote kangaroo court, you're facing your accuser already. And you say, well, that's the black robe or that's the prosecutor or that's this, that, or the other. No. You look at those flags behind that podium. Look at those flags. Those flags are telling you who the accuser is. More importantly, you look at the gold fringe around them. Those are captured enterprises. Folks, you need to realize there are three city-states that run the world. All roads lead to Rome. You've heard that before. I hope, anyway. That's your Vatican tie-in. That's your problem, child. Next... The City of London. What relevance is the City of London? That's your financial center. That is also your legal center. Next, Washington, the District of Criminals. What is a district? A smaller part of a bigger thing. And what is that? That's the military arm. That's the triad, folks. Washington, D.C. has nothing to do with America. And I can't get enough people to get that through the stinking skulls. It has nothing to do with America. It is a foreign <laughs> city controlled by the Vatican. Do you see anything American in that whole area? It's all full of pagan gods and symbolism. Come on. Do your research. It's all laid out. It's laid out in patterns on the ground. You can see it in the architecture. Folks... They're putting it in your face. I'm telling you right now. Okay, I see Tina said something. The government is doing harm with mandates. What about that? Are they mandating anything? Did you tell them to kiss off? That's a question you have to ask. You know what happened when they shut down Tennessee? Shut down Indiana? I took a trip. Immediately after they shut down the whole world. I was on the road. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was violating their little statutes and codes. There was a few trucks on the road and there was almost no one. Good luck trying to find a uh, place to fill up gas. Needless to say, it was difficult, but I did find a few. And then I got to spend time with my family. And you know what? They're in Indiana there, where they were staying at the time. There was a playground. And that playground had yellow tape around it because, again, well, we can't have anybody out there actually enjoying it. Now, this playground was right next to a police station. Mm -hmm. Literally, 150 feet away 
from the playground was the police station with police walking in and out of it. Now, do you think that yellow tape bothered me? I took my kids and we went and played on that. We violated their rules. We didn't wear masks. We enjoyed a time together as a family. And yes, a cop even came out and looked directly at us. Shocker. <laughs> Realize, folks, you've always had the power. Now, if you want to give up your power, I can't tell you not to. But I'm telling you right now, unless you take your power back, you're destined for an early grave if you're not already there. And folks, if you've been injected, you better figure out quick how to detox as much as you can because you're already on a short leash. You've already terminated many years off of your life and there's no stopping what's already started. The only thing that's going to happen, though, is you may be able to extend your life a little bit. But again, if you weren't listening to me back in March and April and May of 2020, none of this meant anything to you. I hope most of you were astute enough to see the big picture that it was all propaganda and lies because it always is. Realize that propaganda and lies are nothing more than an agenda to control the world. And this agenda has been going on for centuries and probably millennia, but never before has it been more easy to put together now. See, they don't even need to inject you anymore because the next stages that they've already done for the most part, it's going to be stuff in your food. It's going to be delivered to you through insects. It's going to be all kinds of different methods that they're going to do. Lockdowns, they say, well, they're no longer mandating masks and they're no longer locking us down. Folks, they're just giving you a little bit of break before they bring in the next set of boots. Now, while we're on the subject of law, I want to talk about real quick policy enforcement officers, police. Policy enforcement officers. They're revenue collection officers, okay, folks? That's all they are. Revenue. They are taking you out of the land and putting it into their venue. That's why they say, are you going to represent yourself? No. I am not representing anything. I am present dealing with this issue. I am here to resolve this situation. See, again, when you know that the whole system is based on fraud and you're able to throw things in the clerk masquerading as a judge's face. You're able to dig them in ways that they don't, they're not used to because they think they've got it all wrapped up. And then you show up in their kangaroo courts and all of a sudden you're filing claims against them. <laughs> depositions suing them counter suing them they want your ass out of there john they do absolutely so when we tell you that knowledge is power that's what it is and now what is a sheriff a shire of reeve that is a tax collector for the king who throws you out of your quote-unquote property that you actually don't own that would be the sheriff why because you're trespassing on the corporation's land which you registered See, you can go correct all that paperwork that the bar attorneys created 
and you can actually go down there and actually file paperwork and say, this is my allodial title, this is my land. See, even the corporations have limits, but they're not going to ever teach you any of this because, again, you can get things taken off of the tax rolls. You can challenge clerks masquerading as judges for their fraud. And believe me, I've done it many times. But in the end of the world, all of that is just nothing more than more contracts. So going back to the basics of law, what is that? Simple. What can we do as individuals to make the world a better place? Tell people what's going on. Explain how the world works. Work with one another. Because I'm telling you, if you think you're going to survive this without friends and families and neighbors, I'm here to tell you, you won't. You better be networking right now, figuring out exactly what's going to happen when this system completely collapses. When there is no grocery store that's going to take what little bit of money you think you have. Why? Because, again, if you're don't, if you not aware of what they did, They've stolen money from the Ukrainians. They've stolen money from the Russians. This is nothing new. This is what bankers do. You do know, folks, that any money that you think you have in a bank isn't yours. They changed that law decades ago. You become an unsecured creditor to the bank when you make a deposit. You're an unsecured creditor. So if that bank closes, well, maybe you'll get something back. Or if that bank changes what a dollar represents... And I'm here to tell you, it happened with my father. He watched it in foreign countries all the time. Well, today they had $100 in their account. Tomorrow they had a dollar. Inflation in a different form. It was simply government theft. But hey, all wars are bankers' wars. And stealing people's stuff is, again, an act of war. So going back to these sanctions that we've done to the Russians, the fact that they are going to be selling their oil in rubles now means something. It means now the ruble is going to be in demand. Now the bankers stole $300 billion from the Russians. Now I don't care what you think about the Ukraine war. If you don't know why the invasion happened, I don't care what they're telling you on mainstream media. If you don't know that the Ukrainians had been in a war with themselves, it's just another civil war for the last, since 2014, Again, a United States-sponsored coup in 2014. Again, we don't want to talk about actual facts, do we? (laughs) You know, the problem is they were on the move and they were fixing to kill a lot of civilians. And the Russian troops coming in saved those civilians. But you're not going to hear that on the mainstream news. You know my source for that? Gonzalo Lira. He lives there. But again... Facts don't matter in a world of fiction built on lies. This is your world, folks. You've John, got go. Go. I have a question. Yes. People are asking what suits have you followed? I had put it in the chat, Matt. If you wanna pin his website, um, I have the correct one that he that he uh said to to put out. Also um Go, so read my mag- had- Go read my magnum opus on the John Lacron Weebly. There's a six-part series there. Um, if you folks really want to know the way the world works, because I can't, I can't even begin to cover 
what we've covered in the last two hours in that particular, those documents. There's six documents called my magnum opus in PDF form. Read them. Okay. I don't have any suits going on right now. Doesn't matter anymore. I'm only exposing the fraud now. Just in. Make your claims. Go after their bonds. Go after them. You don't have to use violence. You don't have to make threats. Just go after the criminal class for their crimes. It's not complicated. It's not complicated at all. They fear the knowledge. They fear people waking up. This is not fun anymore, folks. Your world is the one that you helped build. I hate to put it to you that way, but it's the truth. We built this world around us. Now, we built it because we didn't know. But I'm telling you right now, there's no excuse to not know anymore. It's been out there. The X-Files told you. The truth is out there. The question is, are you willing to go find it? More importantly, once you find it, are you willing to do the research to A, verify it, and B, after doing that, telling everybody else? <laughs> oh, no. I'd be called a conspiracy theorist, and people will hate me, and the government will call me a domestic terrorist. You're already considered to be a domestic terrorist, ladies and gentlemen, and the government does hate you. It's busy trying to murder you, just in case I, you haven't missed the last three or four times I've been out of the <laughs> And on top of all of that. <laughs> and wait, and wait, there's more. <laughs> Folks, we're laughing about serious issues, but I'm here to tell you, you want to know the biggest thing I think will solve all of the problems other than the stop consenting to the tyranny thing? Love. And I'm telling you, when I say love, I'm not just referring to the most generalized version. I mean, we have to see everybody for who they are. We have to love people and just sit there and say, love them. Now, I realize that there are people that are out there that are unlovable. I get it. And there are people that need to be brought to justice that deserve no love. I get that too. But in addition to all this aggravation that we're putting up with and all the death, the destruction, and everything that's all taking place, they want to keep us at this lower frequency of desperation. They want to keep us in this lower state of fear. See, they use trauma-based mind control on us. That's their tool that they've been using for forever. They threatened us with nuclear war back in the 80s. The Russians were coming back in the 80s. All I can tell you is this. If you want to be in that mindset, that's exactly where they want you. You want to get out of that mindset, start thinking in higher levels. And the highest level out there, folks, is love. Questions or comments? I can see the screen, but I've been too busy talking. I haven't been reading. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jordan Maxwell, Jordan Maxwell passed today. Jordan Maxwell was so important in my awakening. You know... Jordan Maxwell taught me that words have meaning. Of all the things that I learned from Jordan, that was the one that stuck with me the most. And he also helped me to comprehend some of the corporate government. I was already somewhat familiar with it, but uh, Jordan helped a little bit more. Ladies and gentlemen, we just lost another hero. 
But I'm here to tell you, listen to my words very carefully. I did not come out of a vacuum. See, you go back through history, you always have people just like me that form the foundation that we build upon. And what I leave behind, somebody will build on after me. The whole world is built or destroyed based on our actions or inaction. And remember, an inaction is still an action. Your world, ladies and gentlemen, is built by each one of us. Think outside the box. Think strong. Think in ways of how can we make the world a better place that people actually want to live in. Because if we're all in this mindset of survivalism and, well, when the bad boys come, we got something for them. I'm a soldier, folks. I've been studying military history since I was a knee-high to a grasshopper, and I don't mean maybe. You look at my collection of books in my library, and my library is huge. A high percentage of them are military-related. And yet you haven't heard me once call for war. Why? Because in the end, you can solve this problem. It doesn't require a war in the sense that people think about like what's going on over in Ukraine. It requires a war here. It's a battle for the mind. And ladies and gentlemen, get your mind straight. Prioritize what's important to you. And that better be your health and your family, your neighbors, your friends. And more importantly than that, the community that you're in. Because all politics is local, according to Tip O'Neill. And that was another criminal in charge of this uh, United States House of Representatives for several decades. But he wasn't wrong. All politics is local. And again, it's all contracts, folks. What kind of contracts are we going to accept? More of this abuse, more of this corruption, more of this racketeering, extortion, conspiracy, mass murder for profit? Or are we going to build a different world? Why do I teach what I teach? So that we can plan when this world absolutely collapses. Because I promise you, when dollars don't work and those Federal Reserve notes are no longer accepted and your credit card doesn't work and the debit card and, of course, the social payments don't work, you think it's difficult on the streets of Detroit right now or Los Angeles? Wait till those things don't work anymore. You're really going to see some chaos then. What did I tell you these bankers do? They do things to destabilize societies. We have to be there to hold the glue together. We can't let them destabilize us completely. We have to be more astute, more aware, and most important, more motivated than they are. Remember, folks, let me make it simple. They're selling you full-time slavery, extortion, and an early death. That's their sales pitch. Now, does that sound like a winning sales pitch to you? Not to me. What do I talk about? Love, freedom, hope, the future. These are all positive attributes that they don't want you to know. They don't want you to think like that because that means that you're thinking outside of their small box of fear, trauma-based mind control, manipulation through emotions. We have choices, folks, 
And every single moment of every single day, we make choices of what we want to do with our life. See, I'm not just doing this to make a splash and to piss off the crime syndicate. I've got a vested interest in making sure that certain things don't happen. Why? Because I've got young people. I've got grandbabies. Mm -hmm. And make no mistake, when I go to bed at night, I don't sit there thinking to myself, I didn't do enough. And I'm not going to go to my grave saying, I didn't do enough to stop this criminal cabal. I've dedicated years of my life to put an end to that bullshit. And I'm telling you, I have paid a very high price. But you, ladies and gentlemen, are learning in a couple of hours what took me decades to learn. I wish I had met somebody like me. I wish I had met Jordan Maxwell back in the 80s. But again, that was not a possibility back then. It wasn't because there was no such thing as the internet. There was no such thing as getting the word out. They have done censorship from day one. And we're dealing with the hardest censorship I've ever seen. I've had radio shows killed in real time. Matt and I had a problem getting on early in the evening, and it was frustrating. The first time I ever did a radio show with somebody else, I was able to go to any other website, but I was not able to get on Facebook, which is where I needed to go in order to go to the other place. And when I finally was able to get to Facebook, what happened? The other guy told me, John, I'd never had this happen before. I couldn't get on Blog Talk Radio. They locked me out. They didn't want us together, which was, of course, a motivator for the two of us going on for a few years. But I'm telling you, folks, it's your life. It's your families. It's your communities. We are the energy that they need to siphon. Stop giving them the energy. Tell them to stiff it where the sun doesn't shine because you're living your life. Live free or die. Back to you guys. You broke it down was perfect. Absolutely perfect. I could not have said it. I could not have done it better. Like I told you, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Char Thank you, Charlene, for introducing me to John. And you're going to be, I want you back. Every, everybody in this chat is like wanting you back. I, yes, I was just going to say that. Yes. I'm always happy to come on because I believe that the only way to spread knowledge is to actually spread it. If you bury it in the backyard where nobody knows about it, what can you do? See, they censored Jordan Maxwell. Mm -hmm. They censored him hard. They've censored me. They've, I'm sure, censored you, Matt. Mm -hmm. But I'm here to tell you, mm. in the end, the censorship doesn't work because that just motivates us to push even harder. But I'll it, be happy to come on anytime, brother. It does, man. It, the, censor, the censorship gets to the point with me that I am, um, put it this way. I'm one of the masses. Okay. Let me just tell you something on, 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 and this is coming from me straight to you. You have met somebody. Okay. That is a little younger than you. And I have been rattling cages on the technical side of things. Whenever they tear, take me away, when they remove me from the platform, all that does to me is lets me know that whenever I do create another platform, guess what? I'm going to go right back to the same target that I was when your asses erased me. 
And I'm going to come back not just once, but I'm going to come back twice as fucking hard. And I'm going to bring everybody that, that you just pissed off with me. That's right. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is, baby. My my municipality knows who I am. I, I assure you, like I told yeah. you, they know from the zoning board to the courts to the mayor. They know who I am. And I tell them all the time, do I not, Charlene? You guys are just moments, days, weeks, months away from a community oversight. And we are going to tell you what to do. We are going. We, it, it should have been that way, John. It should have been that way for a long time ago. But nevertheless, those people that, I, that were waking up. I will have to say, Matt, Athens is, Athens is cracking. You know Good. that. Mm-hmm. We have we have arrests left and right now coming out of Athens that we didn't and through through CPS at that guys listen we forgot to tell you that there's, it starts local look for them they're out there and yeah the, doesn't it John John it starts local doesn't it tell these let's I'm um, seriously let's tell these people mm-hmm. how to do this That's because right. it, yeah it does when you say uh, the locals our, know you they know me quite well too. You know, it helps when you can bring criminal charges against bar members and against uh, the local clerks masquerading and judges and the local sheriff and stuff like that. And I haven't gone to those great lengths yet, but trust me, all the evidence, I've got the video evidence, I've got the other evidence. There's nowhere for these criminals to hide. And again, folks, you know, if you find me on my Facebook uh, you can you'll be able to follow a lot of what I do. Because, you know, the magnum opus is there on my uh, John Leckron Weebly there. But I'm here to tell you, anytime I do a court case, and I've done a lot of them, not just for me, but for other people. um, If they give me permission, I share it. Sometimes I'll remove their name. Sometimes I won't. It depends on whether or not they want me to. But I give you real information about what they're filing. Because we're all on the same mission. We're trying to expose the corruption. We're trying to end the corruption. And we're mm-hmm. trying to let them know that we know. And that's the whole thing. They're, they're having real discussions with us behind closed doors. What do we do with these people that are awake? Now, in the kangaroo court, mm-hmm. we're using what's called judicial discretion. Okay? And that judicial discretion has limits. Only to the degree that you're willing to hold them accountable. Because they can do whatever they want to. It's their kangaroo court. Again, if you think it has anything to do with the city or the county, I'm sorry, it doesn't. It's a foreign ship and pirate, mm-hmm. a foreign pirate ship and dry dock. But uh, as a society, we can hold people accountable. Because again, the reason I shared the 134 crimes of government agents on, uh, you know, I did it originally as a uh, Facebook post, and it became a YouTube video that survived the YouTube purge when they killed my channel uh, by being over on Odyssey. And I'm telling you, my friends, the world has taken notice of the freedom movement. And, you know, one of the points I like to make, especially when on a show like this, if there's ever a toe tag on me that says it was a suicide, it wasn't a suicide. Somebody murdered me. Uh, You know what? I do that. I I was going to do that at the end of the show. Do I not, Charlene? This man is not suicidal. Yes, man. He's not suicidal, nor yes. is he homicidal. None of us are. None, none, none of us are. None no. of us are. 
<laughs> the whole thing is we're fighting for our families. We're fighting for that which we love. And yes, I love this country, but I despise the government ruling over it. And that's at all forms, at all levels. Your society is going to be built or destroyed based on your actions and your inactions. Let's be very clear. Yes, I am a lawyer, and I say that in the kangaroo courts. No, I am not a bar attorney. Never have been, never will be. You see, here's the difference between an attorney and a lawyer. A lawyer is somebody who's learned in the law and makes the law. That's the reason you'll never hear a bar attorney call themselves a lawyer inside a kangaroo court. Now, what is an attorney to turn over? It took a 200-year-old book on maritime law to find a definition of an attorney. Do you want to know what the definition of an attorney is, ladies and gentlemen? I'm about to tell you. An international shipping clerk. How do you like those apples, ladies and gentlemen? Wake up to the fraud, please. It's like uh, whatever you want to. I don't even fucking have a word for it, John. Okay, the totalitarianism, or it's really good word. It's a really good word. Yeah, it's global tyranny. Global tyranny. And when when you think about it in this way, you know, you brought up all those issues, and they're one hundred percent correct. Just remember, folks. The uh, woman that is filling out the paperwork in the hospital where she did labor and delivery, <laughs> something else I learned from Jordan Maxwell. Um, she's filling out what's All called. All right, a stop, guys. They're saying they can't hear us. Stop. <laughs> I wonder Something's why. They can't hear us in the. We're, well, we're. we're <laughs> You're going to have to pay attention to the next, well, just rewind it because I, there's nothing wrong on my end, I assure you. Nothing oh, wrong well. here. Nothing wrong here. Anyway, long story it's short, back. here's where there we're at, go. folks. They can do the fraud. They're, they're creating a bill of lading. The woman that's filling out the paperwork that just did the labor and delivery, that if you look, it doesn't call her the biological property owner. It calls her then an informant. She is informing that the new corporation has been born and that fact is going to be taken and it's put into the newspaper because she thinks, oh, everybody wants to know about little Johnny and little Susie. And, you know, and again, if you don't know that the long form birth certificate, the one that does not use the all capital letters name is a bond, you need to be aware of that little detail too. But yeah, that's stuff we can talk about next time. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right, Mr. John, I appreciate, I'm seriously, we, we do appreciate you being here, sharing your wealth of information, and we'll, ne yeah, next time, we're going to talk exactly, that, well, let's break it, again, we'll just break it down, how were, how were those things formed, because we had to give consent, okay, we had to give consent, it started years and years ago, but we also got to talk about how they um, uh, you know, our, our parents, whenever they did sign sign our live birth certificate, right of 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 us coming down the uh, the birth canal. Okay, we're going to talk about the municipalities. We're going to talk about the foreign entities. We're going to talk about the what, as you call it, the kangaroo court. Okay, cool. Sound good? Sounds like a plan, brother. All right, man. Thanks I appreciate for having me on, guys. 
Yeah, thank you so much, John. Appreciate it. We're in the Matrix. We're in the Matrix. We're in the Matrix. Yeah. Let's do this. The Matrix Minds. One of the most controversial conspiratorial shows on the web. The Matrix Minds. And that's right. Buckle up, everybody. Let's go. Paranormal, huh? Conspiracy, huh? UFOlogy? Hidden Egyptology. 